Welcome to the Hedgemaker Broadcast. The prophet Ezekiel prophesied to the nation of Israel many long years ago. Ye have not gone up into the gaps, neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. He also said that the Lord sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Hedgemaker Baptist Ministries, located in beautiful Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, is attempting to stand in the gap and make up the hedge in these days of spiritual compromise and theological apostasy. Our biblical and historical Christian heritage challenges us to fill in the gaps left by those who have moved away from their biblical foundation. Listen now as we build up the wall and make up the hedge through sound preaching from God's Holy Word. Mark chapter 9, verses 38 through 41. You go back to verse 37. Jesus is uh, teaching his disciples. He said, Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me receiveth not me, but him that sent me. Okay, so the context is, if we're following here with Mark's next paragraph, receiving the Lord. And John answered him, probably as a result of that statement from the Lord, saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and he followed not us, and we forbade him because he followed not us. In other words, John didn't receive him. But Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is on our part. For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because ye belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. Now the context of Jesus' discussion here with the disciples in this section is about tolerance versus intolerance. And so I want to give you an outline regarding that. So, if you wanted to write that down, Roman numeral number one will be reasons for intolerance, Roman numeral two will be errors of intolerance, and then Roman numeral number three will be conditions for tolerance. So, you can uh, be aware of those when I go through them. Let's get the background here, this a little bit. Jesus had just finished teaching this lesson in a previous paragraph about ambition and service. Whoever is going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And he took a child and put them in the midst of them and basically said you need to, you know, accept the little child and be like a little child. He is now teaching a lesson on tolerance. And this is a great lesson that's needed today. Tolerance is often misunderstood. I don't know if we're going to catch all of the answers to that dilemma here this evening. John is giving an account here. Evidently, John feels, after what Jesus said in verse 37, John evidently feels a little guilty about not receiving this man. He's unnamed. He just said, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and he followed not us, and we forbade him. So John is feeling probably a little guilty about that, and the Lord is going to have to comfort him a little bit and give him and the other disciples a little bit of instructions about tolerating. Now let me give you, now these are not in the text, all right? Reasons for intolerance. Why do we not tolerate other people? 
Some of these are good reasons, some are not so good reasons. One would be because of loyalty to an organization or to a leader. You know, in this case, John says he did not follow up. So he wasn't a follower of Christ directly or in the group of the disciples. We have a lot of Bible colleges, church organizations. Whether we like it or not, we have the tendency to meet someone new, in my case, a preacher, and I want to find out what group is he with? Who does he follow? What does he believe? And so I try to, in this modern age, I try to do research on the Internet. If he's a pastor of a church, I'll try to find his church website, look at his doctrinal statement, look at his links on his webpage. Who does he associate with? What programs do they use in their church? If it's a missionary, I'll do the same thing. The missionary will often have a mission board and a local church, and I will go to, and the missionary may have his own website, and I'll go to his website, go to his mission board's website, go to his home church website, and try to find out where's this guy coming from. I try not, of course, to, oh, well, he graduated from such and such a school, so he must be, and put him into a little, but we like to do that, don't we? We like to do that on other things as well. Don't do it, but you can look at my desk and you can see that sometimes I actually have a desk. But usually it is filled with all sorts of stuff. And I don't know over the years that my wife and I have been married and we've been in the ministry if we've actually ever figured out how to organize my stuff. Now, she organizes stuff differently than I do, okay? Uh, those of you who are familiar with computers, you know, you have file folders and things like that, and she does things her way. I do my, things the right way. We all do things to try to find things, and you've been there before. So I'm going to put that right there so I remember where it is. And then, where did I put that? Well, it's the same way on your uh, computer. You think, I'm going to put that in a folder called such and such, and I can't find that. Where did I put that? We have a thing called on the computer called a search button, so we can hunt for things. We do this. We like to put things in little pigeonholes or little organizational slots. And, uh, yeah, okay, this is related to this and that person. And so we kind of do that with people when we meet them. And that can be a good thing, but it could also be a, a bad one. If a person does not stand for our organization or our leader or the people that we like, then we want to reject them. So John is saying here, John says he didn't follow with us, and so we forbade him. It wasn't necessary for them to follow with the twelve disciples. Okay, Because Jesus is telling him in verse 39, forbid him not. Another reason why we are intolerant is because of our own convictions about things or own beliefs about things. This can be a good thing. It could possibly also be a bad thing. As I already mentioned to you, when I have a missionary contact me, I want to find out, is that missionary on the same page with Heritage Baptist Church in our doctrinal stand and other things? So, I will look at his statement. Usually, a missionary will send a packet of information. Many of them today are sending it via email. 
and it'll have a you know doctrinal statement in it. And so I run through that doctrinal statement, and I may, in my head, or or literally mark it up with questions to ask the missionary. It just stands to reason if we are going to support a missionary, he should be somebody who agrees with our doctrinal stance. We have different convictions about things. There's things that we can tolerate and things that we cannot tolerate. So we go through a doctrinal statement and we find a missionary who does not believe, usually I don't have this, but a missionary who does not believe in the deity of Christ. Well, immediately we're going to say, no, we are not on the same page. So we do not tolerate false doctrine. That's a good thing. Now, there's some things we may differ on that may, you know, I think we could probably even go through the five missionary families that we do support financially, and we could probably find, I'm not going to show you what those are, I don't think I know what they are, but if we really got down to the nitpicky everything about it, we probably would find some things we don't agree with just exactly on. Not doctrinally necessarily, but practice and and the way we do things or whatever. We're not asking missionaries to be carbon copies of uh, Heritage Baptist Church. When we planted Susquehanna Valley Baptist Church, there's a lot of ways in which Susquehanna Valley is like Heritage Baptist Church, but there are also a lot of ways that Susquehanna Valley Baptist Church is not like Heritage Baptist Church because we've allowed Pastor Starnes to be his own pastor. We haven't put a rein on him to you know, do things a, a certain way. Some may do it that way. But anyway, our own convictions, our own beliefs about things. There's also, number three, would be the need of unity. The Bible teaches about that, that we ought to have the same mind one toward another. There is a need for unity, and if we do not have that unity, then we have to not tolerate, you know, somebody's going to be a sower of discord, as the Bible says. There's been one time, I didn't really ask them to leave, but it pretty much got to the place that I've asked somebody to leave our church because basically they're troublemakers and wouldn't change the need for unity. Then there's also a sense of authority, even self-exaltation. This is probably mostly in a bad light. I can't tolerate this person or that person because they don't follow my authority what I like to call control freaks. Folks that are like that, that can't tolerate somebody who doesn't fit into their little pattern. So a sense of authority sometimes is a reason for intolerance. There's also the possibility of jealousy and envy. Well, I'm jealous of this person's ministry or whatever they're doing, and so we're just going to get rid of them. I wonder sometimes if some uh, senior pastors do that with their junior pastors or whatever term they want to, you know, associates or assistant pastors sometimes. And uh, I've known pastors who uh, tend not to give their assistant pastors authority because they would become jealous of their ministry. And that happens in the ministry, happens on the mission field as well. But jealousy and envy so we don't tolerate somebody else, their position, their gifts, their recognition. But the Bible teaches us that we ought to be exalted when another man is, uh, is uh, 
lifted up. So that can be a good and a bad thing as well. There's also a sense of pride and, and arrogance that we sometimes manifest that causes intolerance. A person can be poor, disadvantaged, unemployed, uneducated, single, or myriad of other conditions that in our minds makes us think this person is unacceptable. James talks about that, right? In the book of James, the man who comes in who's rich, he's got on the the gay apparel, the gold rings, and we say, oh, you come here, sit in this exalted position, and someone comes in looking poor and shabby, and you say, oh, well, you, you sit here at my feet in a lowly place. That's our human nature. We have a tendency to do that. Most of you weren't there when Brother Brian Pratt was uh, talking about the caste system in India. And that's still a real problem. In Christianity, the ground is level at the foot of the cross, right? So that if you have an upper caste person who gets saved, he is equal with the middle class or the lower caste individual. And he says in church sometimes, we have a problem because most of them will sit on the floor or whatever, and then here's this upper caste Christian who comes into their assembly, and they want to give him a nice seat. Or they want to move over a little bit and give him some space. And Brian says it's a difficult problem teaching the Indian people we're all the same in Christ. Now, maybe not in society, but in Christ, we're all the same. You don't need to move over for the high caste person. We're equal in Christ. And so, you know, those kinds of things. But a sense of pride and arrogance about things makes us intolerant. Some of those things good, some of those things bad. Reasons for intolerance. And we don't know what really was behind all of this with John said. John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and he followed not us. So he just didn't follow us. He wasn't part of the organization of the twelve disciples. And so John forbade him. And Jesus said, forbid him not. Now, here's some errors of intolerance. Roman numeral number two. Errors of intolerance. What we tend to do is to set ourselves up as the judges of others. This is, I believe, what Jesus was saying when Matthew records it, that we ought not to judge one another. You've got to read the context of that passage of Scripture. What is it, Matthew 7, 7? Is that the verse? Judge not, lest ye be judged. Jesus is not telling us to be non-judgmental or non-discerning. We ought to make discernments. We ought to make judgments. But uh, we set ourselves up as judges of others. We say, oh, well, they deserve such. Or we put them into this category and judge them according to their looks or their voice or who knows what. And that would be an error of intolerance. We also have the tendency to be too narrow and too exclusive. Too narrow and too exclusive. If, for instance, these people don't belong to our group of 12 disciples, then we're not going to tolerate them. If they don't dot, as my mom used to always say, dot their I's and cross their T's at the right place, you know, then, you know, we're not going to accept them. They're not just like us. Too narrow, too exclusive. When we look at the gifts in the New Testament, not everybody has the same gift. In fact, in my 
thinking about this, not everybody has necessarily one of the ministry gifts that are listed there, First Corinthians or Romans chapter 12, but we all have something we can do for the Lord. We're all different. And I expect people to be a theologian like me. Not everybody's a theologian. Not everybody thinks theologically about issues. By the same token, I'm not a politician. I don't think politically about issues. And the person who thinks politically probably expects me to be more political. So we're all different in how we think and uh, what we do. So we have the tendency to be too narrow and too exclusive. Now, when I'm saying that, you know, I'm, I'm going to balance that out with, uh, you know, where we're going here. That sounds like a new evangelical philosophy, doesn't it? Here's another error. Denying someone else the right to serve. Denying someone the right to serve. That's basically what John was doing with this fellow. He followed not with us, so we forbade him. And evidently John is speaking for the rest of the disciples. Jesus is evidently not there with them when they met this fellow. And so John's probably not acting on his own. We forbade him. He followed not us. We forbade him because he followed not us. Again, what was that all about? Was methodology different? Now, at the same time, let me balance some of this out because we preach a lot about the modern churches today that there's theological issues, but most of it is practical issues. Pretty much, I think our theology ought to be right down the line with the Bible. In years gone by, I think that was pretty much the case. Today, we have, I'm going to simplify it a little bit, we have what I'll call, and historically they've been called fundamentalists, and we have evangelicals. Basically, all of them are Christians who believe the same doctrine. The deity of Christ, you know, the second coming of Christ, justification by faith in Christ, what we refer to as the fundamentals of the faith, the basic doctrines of Scripture. The rub comes more in the practical application of that. What John is doing here, we don't really see this in the text, but just kind of thinking it through, if John and the other disciples are forbidding this man to... Forbidding him to what? It doesn't say, does it? To minister. So are they wrecking, destroying another servant's ministry? That's an error of intolerance destroying another man's ministry. I think we need to be careful. Let's suppose we do have to make a break. Well, let me give you a scenario. We had a missionary not too long ago contacted me. I didn't know him, and I did my thing. Went to his website, went to his mission board's website, went to his home church website. When I went to his home church website, I found that his home church was sponsoring a concert by the Ball Brothers, and I went to the Ball Brothers website and listened to some rock music. I said, well, this, this missionary's home church that's sponsoring rock music, then that means that missionary, whether knowingly or unknowingly, is associated with the rock music. Now, did I write back to that missionary and say something really nasty about the, the music? No, I simply said we're just not on the same page with some issues. And may the Lord bless you as you go, I usually say it this way, as you go and serve the Lord, you know, properly or something to that effect, I say. 
Am I trying to wreck that man's ministry? No. Denying him the potential to come to Heritage Baptist Church? Yes, we have that, we have that right. There's a spirit sometimes that I find amongst, uh, particularly independent fundamental Baptist preachers when it comes to finding error in others. That's really what's going on here. John is finding some kind of an error in somebody else. Is he wrecking this man's ministry? I don't think John is doing that. He just forbade him to go with him. But that an error of intolerance would be to try to wreck that man's ministry and uh, you know, try to bring reproach upon him. There are Bible verses tell us not to do that. You know, love thinketh no evil. It doesn't bring ill repute. You know, we're not trying to disparage other people's ministries. And then John would have, if he didn't tolerate this man, whoever he is, kept uh, others from being helped. When we try to ruin another man's ministry, we keep others from being helped. Quickly, let's go to point three, Roman numeral three, conditions for tolerance. Now here's where we get to the text of what uh, Jesus is teaching here in uh, Mark chapter nine. Three conditions for tolerance. When do you tolerate? Jesus said in verse 39, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name. Now let's substitute do a work. Not necessarily do a miracle. Do a work in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. So here's the first condition. The first condition, be tolerant if a man does not speak evil of Christ. Be tolerant if a man does not speak evil of Christ. This is what you can read there from Philippians chapter 1, which we just read. None of those men were speaking evil of Christ. They were possibly speaking evil of Paul. But let's go to uh, the little epistle of Second John. Second John, only one chapter there, of course. And he says in Second John verse 7, for many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. And he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father, and the Son. I think what Jesus is saying to his disciples, when we have someone speaking evil of Christ, they are basically denying the doctrine of Christ. That goes back to what I was mentioning just a little while ago, the fundamentals of the faith. They all have relation to Christ. If you're saved, you have to believe in the inspiration of the Word of Christ, the inspiration of the Bible. You can't deny inspiration and be born again. You have to believe in the deity of Christ. You cannot be saved and speak evil of Christ by denying his deity. That includes the virgin birth and the miracles of Christ. You can't disbelieve that Christ performed miracles and be born again. You're denying his deity. You're denying the doctrine of Christ, as John mentions it here. Justification by faith in Christ. You can't be saved and believe in justification by works. You have to believe in justification by faith in Christ. You cannot be saved and 
not believe in some form and fashion about the second coming of Christ. It may differ. There are Christians who are different on that, amillennial, premillennial, postmillennial, and so forth and so on, but you cannot deny that Christ is coming again. Uh, it's all part of the doctrine of Christ. Did I hit them all? That's part of the fundamental, basic doctrines of the Scripture. And so Jesus is saying here, be tolerant if a man does not speak evil of Christ. By the same token, let's turn that around, if he does speak evil of Christ, here's where your intolerance pops in. Okay? So, we have the Mormons or the Jehovah Witnesses or a liberal who pops in and preaches that Christ is not God. We do not tolerate that. That's intolerable. That's denying the doctrine of Christ. We must forbid that person from uh, ministering in our midst. A second condition. A second condition. Let me go back to this text here in uh, Mark 9 and verse... Well, let's read verse 39 uh, 39 and 40. But Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is on our part. Second condition. Be tolerant if a man is not against Christ and his disciples. Be tolerant if a man is not against Christ and his disciples. Alright, what does it mean to be against Christ? Well, this man that John mentions here is one who was casting out devils in Jesus' name. So he's ministering like he was a disciple. far as I can tell, he was a legitimate minister. Jesus, of course, says, forbid him not, because he's uh, preaching in my name. He, he's not denying, he's not speaking evil of me. He is not against us. Okay? Now, we get ourselves in trouble when we start drawing lines, don't we? Because folks then say, well, you're against us. No, we're not against you. We might be against what you're doing or what you believe, but not against you. Homosexuals have this problem with us. Because we preach against homosexuality, they think that we are against them. No, we're not against them. We love homosexuals. But we're against the act of sin that God calls an abomination before the Lord. Well, the same thing is true about the liberal who does not believe in the deity of Christ. We don't hate the liberal. We don't call him nasty names. At least we ought not to. Or anybody else who is in a false church, we love them. We don't like the doctrine. And we need to make that distinction between loving the person. And there's an attitude and an action that needs to be watched here. You know, Jesus is talking about following, and John is kind of mentioning it too, the Lord and following his disciples. Where do we draw this line? Who is it that is really faithful to the Lord? I believe God has a remnant. I believe he does. There's an attitude and an action that needs to be administered here when you are against Christ. You can be against Christ in attitude. Not maybe showing on the outside, but you can also be against Christ in your action. Let me give you the third condition for tolerance. Number three, be tolerant if a man shows kindness to the followers of Christ. Verse 41, 
for whosoever shall give you, that would be another disciple, a cup of water to drink in my name, because ye belong to Christ. Verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. So if this individual is giving you this cup of, doing an act of kindness, cup of cold water is the one that Jesus uses as an illustration here, in the name of Christ, because you belong to Christ. So he's talking about treating fellow believers with respect. Not that we shouldn't treat unbelievers with respect. Okay? But in this context, this is a condition for being tolerant. Be tolerant of this man, whoever that John's talking about there in verse number 38, if a man shows kindness to the followers of Christ. Jesus said, I want you to give him three conditions. One, be tolerant if he does not speak evil of Christ. Two, be tolerant if he is not against Christ. Three, be tolerant if the man shows kindness to the disciples of Christ. This is Dr. Lee Hennice, and we want to thank you for listening to the Hedgemaker broadcast today. Most of our broadcasts are portions of a sermon that I have preached the church. Hedgemaker Baptist Ministries is the preaching, teaching, and writing ministry for myself. You can visit us on the web at hedgemaker.org. And let's be encouraged to stand in the gap and make up the hedge until Jesus comes again. <laughs>